Equality versus equity. Equality means every child gets a pair of shoes. Equity means every child gets a pair of shoes that fit. That means every school district has to meet every student's individual needs. I'm Jerry O. Green with the Black Student Advocate. We advocate for black employees and black students within the K-12 school districts. We hold school districts accountable to make sure that black students and employees are in a fair and equitable workplace. Peace. Welcome back to Humanity Works Podcast. I'm your host, Jihad Masai Yusuf. Welcome back for another installment, man, that I'm going to offer to you all this evening. Hope you enjoyed your Memorial Day holidays. Uh, Salute to all the fallen veterans. And also, I'm going to give a special shout out to my mother and father celebrating 52 years of marriage. Well, yesterday, because I'm recording actually in the wee hours in the morning, May 29th. Mother, to my mother, my father, I thank you so much. I thank you for considering us as your children, remaining together, showing us what love is all about, showing us what value is all about, and what it takes to be a family. And, and Dad, I give you a lot of strength because you had a lot on your burden, a lot on your shoulders, a lot, a lot of burdens to carry. And my mom, I just give you so much credit for even after your medical situation that happened back in 1985, you still pushing, you still getting along in life, you didn't lay down. You got up and you still fighting. So I'm appreciative to call you my mother, my father, and to be a product of love of 52 years. So happy anniversary to my parents. Um, you know what I'm saying? Rocking, uh, went home recently, played with my team in a tournament, first tournament back. A little rusty. <clears throat> kind of put my team in a bad situation, man. But, you know, that's the thing about championship DNA, man. You know, they always find a way to pull out. So I'm grateful for my team. Giving a shout-out to A's Reloaded out of Ohio. <clears throat> Meg out of Detroit. And just everybody that supports the team, man. Rocking St. Louis gear I got, man. Shout out to my cousin Tracy. I ran into her at her job. And uh, it had been a while since I had some St. Louis gear. But also, man, being back home, I also went into my ring closet because I never, I don't wear jewelry, you know. So I have championship hardware. So, you know, I'm kind of rocking this necklace. And a lot of people know I'm not really a necklace guy. But I, I was like, what the hell? Let me change it up a little bit. So, man, um, hope everybody enjoyed the holidays. I know everybody got to get back to the work week. Hell, I got to be at work in two hours, so I don't. why I'm uploading this episode, it's crazy. But actually, I was inspired to go ahead and to record this episode. I have a few subjects that I really want to cover and cross. Um, but what happened tonight was I was on Showtime, I was on Prime, and I was watching a story about Raymond Lewis, uh, a guy I had never heard of before. He's a basketball legend from out of Los Angeles, California. Um, had a couple shots at the NBA, never quite made the roster uh, because, you know, supposedly – because of the man that he was and how he believed in himself and he wouldn't sell himself cheap, you know, he kind of, you know, challenged the system. And eventually in the long run, he lost. Uh, and what happened was typically when I look at the legacy of a lot of brothers who took a shot at going with professional sports, uh, who may have tried to become an actor or, you know, some form of entertainment, if they never reached this goal, they hit a mass level, like a monstrous level of depression, uh, defeat, pain, hurt as if they failed in life. And I can recall so many brothers that I know personally who I've personally witnessed go through the same thing. You know, I can speak for myself, even as a high school prospect with baseball. I came out of normally senior high school. 
uh, back in St. Louis, Missouri, you know, and I had the numbers, you know, five, two born player. I could bat anywhere between leadoff, the, 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 the second batter and a cleanup hitter. And I'm, I, you know, I can say this to this very day. I can say this to this very day. When we played Wilson High School years ago, right behind the St. Louis Fire Academy, I put that ball on top of that building from the baseball field. So I'm proud to say at my size, I was able to – I was the only person that hit a baseball on the top of that building because I had eyes like an eagle and speed like the Mach 5. But anyway, but with that being said, you know, baseball has always been my favorite sport. You know, like I said, I had the numbers, stolen bases, batting average, had an arm, 5'2 player. I wanted to be a pitcher, but I didn't have no control. I was clocking almost like 96 miles an hour in high school, no cap. So, you know, going into my senior year, which I had a great GPA. I know my GPA was around maybe about 2.9 or something like that. I was really excelling at school. It was just something about when the recruiters came to school, a predominantly black school, they recruited the lone white boy that was on our team. And that did something to me. And it kind of took me down the path of like, you know what, fuck baseball. So moving forward, man, going into college, I just really didn't care about the game anymore. But it did something to me. Subconsciously, I didn't understand this. And eventually, I did start to roll over into the music industry, which is kind of typical of what we do. And then I look at my youngest brother. You know, a lot of people can recall if you know the story. Um, you know, my brother was a, a top high school prospect coming out of St. Louis, probably one of the top point guards in the state of Missouri. I mean, hell, I had people calling me from St. Louis because they didn't really know that we had a youngest brother besides me and Jay. And it was like he looked like us. They saw my dad on the bench coaching. So people would call all the way down to Georgia and ask, was that my youngest brother? And so many people complimented him and that he was probably one of the best point guards Missouri had ever had, they had ever seen. However, with things that would transpire and go the way that they would, he didn't really get to the next level. You know, the college recruiting was a bunch of bullshit, but it is what it is. And sometimes you can always look back at what you could have did yourself as far as like an athlete, things that you could have did better to probably, you know, change the reality of your recruiting going forward. But to see him be one of the most popular kids around town, girls always at my parents' house braiding his half the games, and then just kind of becoming a plain guy, you know what I'm saying? Not to say that he is a plain guy, but, you know, sports bring you notoriety. You know, I saw him go through depression. I, I just saw that defeat. And he had skill. He was a point guard, high IQ. You know, he had a lefty three-point shot, well-respected in the city, tried to, you know, was being recruited by other AAU programs. And uh, the team that he played on AAU-wise was probably one of the best AAU teams I've ever seen. Um, but just witnessing that, I saw the depression. I saw the defeat. I saw the guilt. Or even when I told you I just started to roll into the music industry, there was just certain things that I saw that when we were on the road as a group, there was just certain things that I saw that just let me know I didn't want to be a part of that life. However, all these things came crashing down. So the point that I'm trying to make is there are a lot of black men out here who feel defeated in life, who feel unfulfilled. And I'm here to tell you that anything that happens in your life, you have to learn to trust God. Nothing in your life happened by mistake. It didn't happen by coincidence. You know, it's a lot of times we don't understand the things that happen in our lives. We we can become bitter. We can become upset about it. But, you know, there's an old saying that when man plans, God laughs. We all, have an, we all have a vision, we all have a plan of where we want to go in life, where we see ourselves in life, and you never end up where exactly that you thought you was going to be. You never become what you wanted to be or what you desired to be. You became what you were supposed to be. And, you know, when I look at that, I kind of begin to think and wonder because the story of Raymond Lewis is very heartbreaking to see that brother just go down, give up on his health. He started dealing with issues, drugs, alienated himself from his family. This is what people do when they're heartbroken. 
And I always wonder why do people really want success and notoriety and fame? People say they got the love of hip hop or they they that they love the game, you know what I'm saying? But would you play that game without a check? That's a question I would ask somebody who would tell me they do it for the love. Or are you really doing it to just put your family in a better situation? Which there's really nothing wrong with doing that. So why is it that in our community, and I'm not saying this doesn't happen in other communities, why are we so hell-bent and passionate about trying to become somebody in society through sports and entertainment? And when we don't make it, we just feel like we're nothing, we're unaccomplished. And I tell people all the time, sports, entertainment, whatever the case may be, whatever industry, it's all a narrative. You have to fit the narrative. All right. Look at the look at these draft picks when it comes to sports. If there is an athlete, a top athlete who has a strong influence of a father, they always fall deep and late in the draft rounds and picks. It's all cap. You understand what I'm saying? You know, with my son, you know, few people know my son. My son has pro skill at the cornerback. But there ain't no way the NFL would ever allow a kid like that with a name what his father's name is Jihad Youssef. And when he's on that college campus for the time he was in school, they're observing his mannerisms. They've seen if he has any bit of me in him. They don't want any more Kaepernick's. They don't want any more Kyrie's. They don't want even they don't even want any more LeBron's for the things that he stood up for during his time in the league and things that he's done. You know, social activity, social work. They don't want any more Craig Hodges, no Mahmoud Abdul Raoufs. You understand? And why is that? Because they don't fit the narrative. Because they just want you to dribble, shut up and dribble. Uh, there are a lot of guys, and they said this guy was Jordan before Jordan. They asked the question in this documentary, what would the NBA be like had Michael Jordan never made it to the NBA? And you and I all know somebody that could have made it to the NBA, and we all know that there is somebody out there who could have been better than Jordan. There is somebody out there who probably was better than LeBron, but the world would never know about him. But here's the thing I want us to understand. I want us to re really begin to take a shift. Let's shift the narrative of what we're fighting and striving to be. You can impact life without being wealthy and you can impact life without notoriety. I, I, I mean, I never understood back in the day with us having one of the hottest hip hop groups in St. Louis called the Soul of Me. When we were voted the best show by Riverfront Times, I think multiple years. I was the first artist to perform the pageant. We were the first group to have our own night at the Red Sea. And then, you know, on certain nights at the high point, we rock with all the other MCs and all the other groups. And then we would do Blueberry Hill. But we accomplished a lot of things as a group. And I could not understand for the life of me why we never made it, why we was never successful. But as today in 2023, I am glad I did not make it in the music industry. I am glad we never got caught up in that life. I am glad we never got winged or, or turned out or just some of the craziest things and the stories that I've heard people say who have taken part in this industry. And it ain't just music. It's entertainment on all forms. But what I want y'all to understand is let's change the narrative of who our heroes are. Because when you look at the black community and all the legacies that we honor Every megastar that we love, that passes, the world mourns, it's always an entertainer or an athlete. And there's nothing wrong with that. When was the last time our community really came together to honor a freedom fighter? When was the last time, or is it widely known in our community, that we love those who have fought for us? When Dr. Francis Crest Wilson passed, it was a damn shame to see an almost empty uh, sanctuary. I watched it. I cried like a baby when she passed. That was somebody I honor more than an athlete, more than an entertainer, more than an actor, because they can't impact my life. I impact their life by spending money going to the games, buying their jerseys. I continue to make them wealthy. But why don't we take that same approach for those? And I say this all the time. 
We bring it sexy back to the everyday hardworking men and women who impact your life within close proximity. I don't think people understand the context of what I'm saying when I make that statement. So while I do have heroes in the sports arena, and I always say my first hero is my father as an athlete, right? It was never really Michael Jordan. It was always my father, my uncles. They were the first ball players that I saw. They were they were the first definition of men that I knew that stood strong even to 2023. But why must our heroes always be people who really don't impact life? You know, there's a narrative that sports impact the world and blah, blah, blah. And you know what? It's true. If sports didn't exist, if sport uh, if the entertainment industry didn't exist as it does on the level that it does, we'd be right back where we are in the Jim Crow, Jim Crow system. Racism would be prevalent. It would be strong. It would be clearly seen amongst us. But then again, I doubt it because most of my people are not smart enough to even know that it exists. They don't even know what it looks like, don't know how it works. And that's why most of walk around confused. But I'm going to tell you, my heroes, it's not an athlete. It's not an entertainer. You understand? It's not a rapper. It's not a comedian. It's my doctor. I have a black woman who's a doctor, who values me, who takes care of me, who gives me good physicals and checkups, checkups refer, refers me to, to cardiologists who are black, refers me to go get colonoscopies by those uh, uh, practicing physicians who are black, who value my presence. That's my hero. Nobody that I watch on TV is going to ever impact me as far as my health. You know who else is my my hero? My dentist, Dr. Kevin Dancy, one of the best dentists in Atlanta. Yes, I'm telling you right now, Doc, I'm giving you free pub. Not ever have I been paying, getting my tooth numb. And every time I had dentist work done, he's always been on point. One of the best doctors in Atlanta. He's one of my heroes. Or like these young men, I play basketball with young men who are, who are entrepreneurs, who are in the real estate. Now, these guys are younger than me, right? We hoop together, but they become my heroes once I start to look for property and to help me get my family in this good situation. Those are my heroes. Or my young guy, Joe, who sells life insurance and understand financial uh, aspects of us, you know, being better with our money, putting away the investments, saving things for our children. He's my hero. Those are the people who I honor. Let's shift the narrative. Let's shift the legacy of always wanting to chase this golden goose egg of sports and entertainment. Everybody don't need to be rappers. And everybody don't need to be a basketball player. If you're doing it because you think that's somebody that you want to become for people to love you and like you, I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to tell you something. Because there's a reason why black people spend so much money on the way that they look. There's a reason why people go up under the knife and alter their bodies, right? Because you want your humanity acknowledged. If you want to remain valuable to people, and if you want your humanity acknowledged in the highest way, at the highest form, become a problem solver. And when you become a problem solver, you become valuable to people. People will love you. People will honor you and people will cherish you. Because at the end of the day, when life gets real, everything else superficial, your favorite athlete, your favorite entertainer, your rapper, comedian, whatever the case may be, they don't mean anything. The only person that means something to you is the person who's impacting your life right in front of you. So I'm, I'm, I'm encouraging Every brother and sister, if you didn't make it in professional sports, so what? You wasn't supposed to. This is where I say you have to learn to trust and let go and let God lead the way. I'm just now at 50 really understanding a lot of stuff that I want to do that I should have been doing years ago. I didn't know because I was I was leading with my own way of thinking what I thought I should be doing, what I what I what I thought, you know, places that I supposed to be going and things that I'm supposed to be doing. That was never the case for me. I can, know, I can go anywhere around anybody in the world and speak on fatherhood and the things that I've been through as a black man. 
without even reading the script and even the teleprompter. But there are certain things that I thought I was, I thought I wanted to be a part of or become. I might not have been as successful about. So what I'm telling you is, impact life in close proximity. If you don't make it as an entertainer, you don't make it as an athlete, that's quite okay. Because guess what? The people that's watching you, especially the youth that you impact, this is how we begin to change the world. This is how we begin to change our communities. Because we have to influence our children to become close proximity problem solvers. We need people to understand how to plumb how to plumb, you know what I'm saying, water situations to people home. We need more of these young people to really understand, you know, becoming electricians, you know, understanding codes. You know, we need more people to have their construction companies, right? And these things are fulfilling. I'm telling you, I really admire everybody who are everyday people who really impact people's lives. These are my heroes. And if everybody seeks to become one or the other, we change the narrative. Because a lot of things that we need that are critical are in the hands of people who don't look like us and who don't value us and could do the worst things to us because we simply don't know. When you look at people who got money, millions of dollars, guess who's most important to them? You know what I mean? They're lawyers, people who fix on their house, they're doctors. You understand? These are the most important people even to them. So let's shift the paradigm and become people who want to take up careers and get trades to impact and solve problems in people's lives in everyday situations. That's what we need to be. And guess what? You're going to get just as much attention for it. Because when you, I, listen, my mechanic I take my truck to, like it's almost hard to get to do. So many people value him, love him. He has so much work because he impacts people's lives. Right? When you do right by the people and you're valuable, no matter what you do, whether you prepping meals or whether you cutting somebody's lawn you are all important to people, and people are gonna always love you. Hell, even when I was a trash man, yeah, I used to run trash back in St. Louis, Missouri. I used to run a carryout account where I used to have to run a tote behind each house and pull the rich people little bags, right? Even with them having money, they valued me enough that when Christmas came, there was twenty dollar bills on the trash can. There was wine, hundred dollars gift cards. You know, even the same with my father. You know, during his postal career, you know, he worked. The route with the Rams and the Cardinals and Walt Jockley. My dad almost cleared almost five. Well, I can't say that. <laughs> the IRS be like, oh, we need to check. But anyway, he was value of his customers. All right. Appreciate those who you impact within close proximity. And I'm not telling you, if you do have dreams to become a professional athlete, whatever it is, I'm not telling you not to pursue it. But what I am telling you, if you are able enough to go to college to get a degree, complete that degree, get that skill, because if you don't make it, you can always fall back and impact people's lives. Physical therapist, sports agent, you know what I mean? Massage therapist for, for big organizations. And not only just for that, but just for people in general. There's nothing wrong with being an everyday average Joe. There's nothing wrong with being an average Joe. Because average Joe is that guy. <laughs> This is the place, man, where we bring it sexy back to the everyday working, hardworking men and women who impact your life within close proximity. We want to rise above this madness, which is called black culture. And culture is simply what, what you do. And ask yourself, what do we do every day? Show off to other black people. We got to get into the mode of problem solving, ladies and gentlemen. And I'm not going to ever stop saying that. So once again, I thank you for sitting in with this session with me. And I'm just, I just really want to drive this point home. Let that shift begin. Let it begin to take place. And let's change the narrative about what we aspire to be and what we encourage our children to become. They say the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. 
And before I get out of here, man, I just want to tell people something because I know a lot of people have always been, you know, questioning my beliefs about certain things, man. But let me tell you something. And let's just end this debate right now. God is good. <laughs> God is good. And I know a lot of people from the conscious community, a lot of former my brothers and sisters in the nation, they're probably going to look at me and be like, you know, I was a mystery. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a job percent or whatever. You call me whatever you want. But God ain't no mystery. He ain't no mystery. God is real. And I understand God and the way that I understand God. You can't compress God to a religion. You can't compress God to a culture because God is the all and nothing is outside of God. But God is great and God is good. Until next time, man, I encourage every one of you to become better. Love on your families. Value your babies. Take care of yourself. Eat healthy. Drink water. Laugh. Exercise. Move. Yoga. Run. Jog. Hoop. Softball. Do something, man. But I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good. And I'm feeling good for you all and about your life. So even if you're riding your car and listening to this episode, I really want you to take time that if you have a past trauma that you just couldn't get over, even if it don't involve sports, love relationships, failed marriages, you know, things that you regret you could have did differently, that one day in your life that was a tragic event, I need you to forgive yourself. I need you to forgive those who, did, who couldn't forgive you. Forgive them. Accept them for wherever they are. And I need you to move on with your life so you can be great. Because people need you, especially the youth. They're watching you, and they actually really do need you to impact their lives in a positive manner. Because, man, listen, after, after eight, they say it's too late. These kids begin to form their own perception of life, their own reality. And we don't want them to bite from the wrong apple. We don't want them to drink from the dirty water. All right, man. Until next time, I'll catch up with y'all, man. Peace. <laughs>